You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's time for the BallQuest Mailbag Podcast, answering your questions from the General's Quarters every week, right here on BallQuest. Hey everybody, welcome to it, the BallQuest Mailbag Podcast, BallQuest.com and BallQuest on the YouTube channel. Please like and subscribe, and don't forget our special $10 until kickoff 2023, $10 until kickoff 2023, what a deal right here at the new year. Uh, Tennessee football continuing its preparations for Clemson and the Orange Bowl. That's coming up tomorrow night. Full coverage down here from South Beach at VolQuest.com. We've had a whole lot of fun, and we're going to have you uh, set and ready to roll for the Orange Bowl, Tennessee, and Clemson. But first, let's get into the mailbag questions. I'm Eric Kane with Brent Hubs and Austin Price, and we'll go ahead and start with Hard Hat Ball. Seems like we passed on a tackle from Rhode Island and some other players that I thought we might want. What players in the portal that went elsewhere did we really want so far, Austin Prize? You know, the, the truth is, is not many. I mean, you know, you're, you're talking about, you know, a, a few that they liked, um, you know, and again, I, they like them hubs. Uh, and then, you know, you, you, you do more of a deep dive and, and talk to people and, and you know, that, that can sometimes change. I mean, it's not just as simple as, oh, hey, the rest of America wants this player, so Tennessee does. Like that, that, that they're going off of valuations, they're going off of uh, culture versus and, and fit. And uh, you know, to this point, um, Ra Ra Thomas is one Tennessee would have liked to have had because I think Tennessee, um, you know, would like you know maybe even multiple receivers uh, in the transfer portal, Brent. But uh, there's just not a lot. I mean, the Lovett kid they liked, but they weren't in love with. Uh, so I'm I'm pretty much going to go Ra Ra Thomas at this point. Um, you know, because they've Tennessee's been very selective and uh, really methodical. Again, I think that their time is coming right here after this bowl game uh, when I think Tennessee will see an uptick with uh, John Campbell, Dante Thornton, Marshawn Lloyd, uh, the, the North Texas tight end, all coming to campus. Yeah, I mean, I think Thornton's the guy that they like the most at receiver. That's why they didn't go as hard with the kid at, from Kent State. They weren't as hard with Ra-Ra. Thomas, as you mentioned, you know, we thought maybe O'Keefe from Central Florida could be a factor. That's never developed anywhere or gone anywhere with, with that one. Uh, so you're right. I mean, you know, bringing guys to campus to evaluate them further and, and going hard after them or, or absolutely taking them as a no-brainer like they did with Castle as a tight end are two different things. So Tennessee wanted to bring some of those kids to campus. They decided not to come to campus, Eric. We'll see who gets to campus in January. I'm with Austin. I think there'll be movement. I think there'll be movement on Tennessee's roster. I think there'll be movement in the transfer portal to Tennessee from other rosters because uh, I think Tennessee's going to have some guys on campus here the first couple of weeks of January. Let's move on here to Sam Smith, 2233. Does the Orange Bowl have any impact on Tennessee's plans at quarterback going into 2023? Austin, you can take this one. And then there's a two-parter here for Hubs. Why did they bring Triple J back to play two cupcakes? And what has happened to the knee since then? Austin will go football first, then Brent. 
Well, no, I don't think it does. I mean, you heard Joey Halsley say that, um, you know, it's going to be an open competition come spring, it, no matter what happens. If Joe plays well, it's one game. If he doesn't play well, it's one game. Um, you know, now, could could that, you know, I think the biggest thing it could impact is just, you know, what happens with Taven Jackson. Does Taven want to stick in here and compete? Because if he does, then, I, then they're certainly w- w- willing to let him do that. But where's kind of his head at? I don't think Joe's going anywhere. Joe men- mentally believes it's his job, uh, no matter how it was presented today about open competition. And then we obviously know Nico's not going anywhere. So, you know, uh, again, I think it all boils down to Taven Jackson. So I don't really think this game has any say. Yeah, I mean, I think this game, and I'll get to the basketball question, and following up on what Joey Halsley said and talking to him today, I think this game has an impact because, as he said, you can't take away game reps. And Joe's going to have the most experience of anybody, but this is not his job because he has the most experience of anybody. He's going to go out in spring and earn it. And as, and as I thought the best quote from Joey Halsley is, we're paid to give Tennessee the best opportunity to win football games on Saturdays. And we're going to play whoever that is. If it's a, if it's a five-star freshman, if it's a guy with the most experience, if it's the guy who has very little experience, but he's been here a couple of years, that's who we'll play. All those guys know where we stand, and we'll see what happens from there. As for as for Josiah Jordan James, I mean, what are they supposed to do? Tell him to go away that, that he's not supposed to be here. Hey, your knees sore. We're not sure when you're going to going to play. Pack up and go to the house. We appreciate your service. Look, the, the guy's trying to get on the court. His knees obviously bothering him. Structurally, there doesn't appear to be anything of significance going on, but he doesn't feel right. Um, he, he's got some pain and some soreness. They've evaluated him. They're continuing to evaluate him. He's trying to rehab it. He certainly didn't look at the schedule and say, hey, I want to play two cupcake games and I want to shut it down. That's not <laughs> what he's doing. The, the guy's trying the to play. Yeah. I mean, he, he went through warm-ups at, at Ole Miss but, but didn't feel like he could go. He's going to continue to try to get ready to go. But Tennessee and Rick Barnes has to move on as if he's not going to be there. If you get him, it's a luxury. If you don't, you've got to know how to play without him. And Tennessee's trying to figure that out. I think that means less small ball. That means more big boy ball. That means Jonas Sedu's got to continue to play well. Kumwa's got to figure out how to play without fouling like he did in, in Oxford, Mississippi. He could have had the, he could have had 20 points and 10, 12 rebounds if he could have figured out how to not foul in that game. Um, and Awaka's got to get and stay out of foul trouble. So they're going to be a little di- different looking team if, if Triple J's not back. He's doing everything he get, can to get back. But at this point, Eric, you got to feel like that's more unlikely than likely, given what we've seen over the course of the last eight weeks or so. Let's go to TJX. I know he's a true freshman, and he played some this season, and the coaches love him. But, Austin, is there any portal concern with James Pierce post-bowl game? I mean, you know, I, I think you always I, – I say no, but I think there's always that possibility that a kid that thought he was going to play and didn't, knee jerks things um and that and that's not just a tennessee thing that's all over college football so i mean you know who's in james pierce's ear i'm not saying anybody okay let me go ahead and squash this i'm not saying anybody's in his ear but who's in every one of these players ear mom dad uncle seven on seven coach high school coach you know confidant whatever like they're always being told hey you can do you can do better. We can get you more money. We can do all this if we go in the portal. And so uh, I'm not saying that's going on with James Pierce at all, but I think that's something you have to be cognizant of, of all players. You know, I mean, let's say Tennessee takes a shot at Marshawn Lloyd. Let's say they get Marshawn Lloyd. Are all the running backs in that room going to stay? Because I would say no. So 
you know, I, I think there's a trickle down effect here, um, not necessarily with James Pierce, but in but in general, in overall in generalities. But with James Pierce, I know nothing about him potentially being disgruntled about him potentially looking around after the bowl game. Um, but I do know that, you know, kids want to get on the field. So I think more than likely he would go through spring, see where he's at. If he's still not factoring after spring ball, then I think that might be a level of concern to worry about such things. Yeah, here's the other interesting thing, Eric, before we get to the next question. Factor this in, too. I mean, those guys went home for basically 72 hours for Christmas, right? They, they left on Thursday, uh, the 22nd, got home. They were home the 23rd, 24th, and left on Christmas Day to come to Miami. And a lot of them left Christmas morning. They're going to leave this bowl site, go back to their hometown, and they're going to be home for two weeks before school starts. There's a lot of different conversations. You see a lot more of your buddies. You see a lot more people who can put things in your head in two weeks span than you do in 72 hours span when you're there for Christmas Day to celebrate the holidays. So I think that's part of the reason why a lot of people around the country think there's going to be a pretty good little chunk of movement here once bowl games are over because guys are going to have more free time to talk to people and really examine kind of what they're thinking. Because if you think about the teams that are playing in bowl games and in the college football playoff, they've had minimal to no break at this point to really even ponder that stuff unless you were thinking about it in the middle of the season and, and you were looking to leave and you went ahead and jumped in. So I, I think that's why there's some people that think there's going to be some movement around the country after bowl games are over. Let's go to Nike underscore Vol. What is your hunch, Austin Price, on Jacob Warren returning for next season? I would lean now to him coming back. Um, uh, I wouldn't call it officially official, but I would lean to him returning for his final season at Tennessee, which is where I think he always – had envisioned but then I think at some point during the season he started to ponder not and now I think it's back pondering coming back let's go to TR smooth when does a roster spot open for up for cons uh, let me start over when does a roster spot open up concerning the transfer portal uh, is it when a player enters the portal when the player commits to another school or when the player signs with another school when he enters um, the portal yeah, I mean, yeah, you can go one for one at that point when someone has left your has left your program. Um, now they don't officially leave your program until the end of the semester, and they don't return for the start of the spring semester. But you know, if a guy leaves and they fill a spot and he says, "Hey, I want to come back for the spring," then the coach can say, "Hey, your spot's already been filled." If they if they got somebody in his place, so I believe that is how that works. You can go one for one that way you know, for the start of the spring semester, as long as you're staying under the 85 number. Remember a year ago when everybody was talking about why Tennessee wasn't doing anything in the portal, they were fighting the below 85 number because of the self-imposed stuff they were doing with the NCAA, which is why they couldn't take as many guys at midterm as everybody wanted them to take because they had numbers problems. They needed some guys to leave to create more numbers that they didn't, they didn't get. That's why Tennessee uh, was limited in the portal last spring or last January compared to May. Let's go to Hockey 1608. Two questions. Uh, first, where's Tennessee with the tight end offensive coordinator search? Any potential candidates? And two, best and worst case scenario for the NCAA response to the violations. Austin, you take the tight end OC and, and Hubber. Afterwards, you take the uh, the NCAA violations. Well, I, I don't think Josh Heupel's done a whole lot of work on it. I think you'll see him do something uh, once we get past this bowl game. I think he'll start to have more and more conversations. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't rule anybody out at this point, whether that's looking towards the NFL, 
whether that's somebody that he's got some ties to in college, whether it be the former coach at North Texas or uh, is it John, Joe John, whatever his name is from you know, he knew from Oklahoma. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule anybody out at this point. I, I you know I think that that everything's on the table for Josh Heupel. And again, they're now to a point where the NFL season is going to be coming to an end here, uh, you know, in the very near future. So it probably does open up, you know, more candidates. Uh, but uh, Coach Heupel is really methodical, really uh, slow as he uh, figures out who he wants to add to his staff. And, and he's also very guarded about who he brings on staff because he doesn't want to mess with the culture of his staff. Yeah, and, and, and the only thing moving slower than Josh Heupel in a coaching search for his staff, maybe the NCAA and getting through an investigation at, at this point, because both of them are slow as as well, this internet so, lagging. I, 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 there you go. That's what I was going to say. The internet here at the uh, house here that we've rented, is, uh, it would be slower, yes. Um, so <laughs> it, anyway, to, to, that's true. To, to continue my point, as I was – I don't know where I was at and probably was trying to go with, with – with my slow as molasses comment. Uh, in terms of the NCAA, I, you know, Tennessee's hoping to hear a response um, and should hear a response sometime in the month of January, probably late January. I said this in the chat the other night. Um, I, I think Tennessee's pretty defiant on where they're at. And, and if the NCAA tries to come back with some, some heavy hammer, um, I, I think Tennessee's going to go kicking and screaming very hard uh, publicly, privately, litigation, whatever they need to look at. I, I think Danny White and, and Dondi Plowman are very um, stern. And, and we know Dondi Plowman's been stern through all of this, right? She took a strong stand against Jeremy Pruitt. They've been very stern to the NCAA about, hey, we have been the model citizen in terms of going about this business. You want everybody to cooperate. You want everybody to be transparent. We can't be any more transparent than we've been. If they're going to punish us further than that, then we're going to fight it like crazy. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I don't know what best case, worst case is in terms of um, numbers or all that. Again, a bowl ban's never going to be on the table. Could there be some more scholarship reductions, perhaps? But we'll see where, where Dondi Plowman and Danny White are on it. I, I know where they've been on it the last few months, and that was we can't do any more to help the NCAA through the investigative process than we have. We can't be more cooperative. We should be rewarded for it. We'll see if they are. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go on now to a general obvious hypothetical scenario here, guys. It's December 28th, 2023. The secondary was noticeably better than this past season in 2022. Why is this? Is it that the existing players improved? Was it because young talent showed out? Was it more depth? Did we add some late players from the transfer portal? Or 
Is this hypothetical improvement simply too much to hope for, Austin Price? Uh, I could easily say it's too much to hope for, but I also think if, if it happens, it's because Tennessee made some moves in the secondary and improved themselves. Because I think ultimately for Tennessee to take a step in the secondary, they've got to change out personnel. And, and again, like that's hard. I'm sitting up here uh, as, you know, uh, at that point, I'll be a 40 year old man, but right now I'm 39. And, and, and you're really kind of just like, you know, taking a you know poop on, on, on some kids on the team. And I don't ever like doing that. Um, you know, but at the same time, like Tennessee, if they're going to take a step as a program, has to get more athletic in the back end. And so, you know, I, I think ultimately you've got to see them, you know, do some different uh, different combinations in the secondary. And if that's true freshman, it's true freshman. If it's development or transfer portal, um, it's those things as well. Well, and, and, and look, if they're better at the end of next year, then young players have played and young players have developed. That's called coaching, and that's called being more athletic back there, putting more talent back there, right? The better the Jimmys and Joes, and you coach those Jimmys and Joes, the better you should be than, than, than what you are when you're not as talented. So, um, you know, we, we'll see. I, I think that the proof will be in the pudding in, in terms of who they play, who develops, who looks good. Uh, I think everybody has to be cautious in, in how good somebody's been in nine days on the practice field. But there's no doubt that they are more athletic with the newcomers that have come in. I don't think there's any question about that from what we've seen thus far. Let's go to Terry Boleg. Pick one. Um, pick one is more likely to happen in 2023. Joe Milton wins the Heisman, or Nico Imaliava is a freshman All-American. Austin, I feel like it's the the, the latter it's, easily, it's right? The latter. Yeah, it's the latter. I mean, I you know. I don't think anybody's gonna sit up here and say Joe Joe Milton's gonna win the Heisman. Although maybe maybe they they work hand in hand. If if you know if either Joe's gonna be really really good and Nico has no chance, um, you know, or or you know it's gonna be Nico's show. Um, you know, ultimately though, I just think that you know this boils down to you know how much does Joe continue to improve? Um, you know, I mean, clearly his teammates really like Joe Milton and. So I think the leadership uh, is there uh, from Joe. And obviously, you know, he has shown a, a certain way about him, Hubs, um, through, you know, losing his job. I know he doesn't think that way. He, he not, I, I, When I interviewed him in the summertime and I said something about losing your job, he, he was having none of that. He said, I got injured. I got injured. Right. I did not lose my job. And, and, and so in his mind, he's always been the same guy, always been, in, in, you know, position one, you know, even when Hendon was the guy, but he was the ultimate confidant to Hendon, which is why Hendon's returned the favor to Joe and was sitting there on Zoom calls and working through the play sheet and the call sheet and all that stuff, uh, you know, there in the hospital out in, in, in California after having ACL surgery. So, um, you know, the players clearly like him. And so I think leadership-wise, he will be an asset. Can he make enough plays? That'll be the question. Let's go to NWGA Vol. Which transfer transfer target do the Vols have the best chance at landing as of today? John Campbell, Dante Thornton, or Marshawn Lloyd? I think it's all 50-50 for all of them. And that's not like a cop-out answer. I just think it's too early to know. I do think the fact that Campbell and Thornton are going to visit in early January, Don and, and Campbell knows Joe Milton. They've known each other since high school. That's a, a feather in Tennessee's cap. Dante Thornton very much notices Tennessee's high octane offense, number one offense in America. That's a feather in Tennessee's cap. Um, you know, I, I think that those two, early January, like January fourth, could be coming to campus. 
uh, or wants to watch. Um, but I don't think anything is done with anybody. And so I think right now I would just say 50-50 at best. Let's go to Rocky Dock. Looking ahead to the 2024 playoffs, will will the cold weather teams have a significant advantage assuming that they are home, Brent Hubs? Sure. I don't think there's any doubt about that, right? I mean, what, what was the O2 a quote the, the other week when they were playing in Buffalo? It snows in Alabama, and everybody talked about it on every pregame show for two days about what's he talking about. He's never been in, in any kind of game like that. Now, he went up there, and the, the Dolphins played well, but I don't think there's any question that um, it, it's, a, it's a help. Just like the South has been a help in recruiting uh, in the wintertime against the, the Northern teams because kids go to Michigan from South Florida on a visit, and it's two degrees outside. Nobody's having any fun up there, right? Look, look, look at Arion Carter. He went to Ohio State, came back and canceled his Michigan visit. Because if it was yeah. too cold for him in Columbus, it sure was going to be too cold for him in Ann Arbor. Yeah. So, you know, there's advantages both ways with the climate. And I don't think there's any doubt that there's a potential cold weather advantage to, to some teams from the south um, in, in the playoff time. I, I think there's an advantage to the Big Ten against USC and UCLA when they come to, you know, East Lansing in, in late November once they jump into to the – to the Big Ten, you know, because you're going to go in Los Angeles, it's going to be 80 degrees on the practice field, and you're going to go up there, and it's going to be 45 or 42, and you're going to think you're freezing to death. So, yeah, I, I think it's pretty obvious that there would be some kind of advantage to teams uh, in the North if they can be the host, you know, for a playoff game. Hey, Pete, what what, what did Samarian Parker that committed to Penn State and said, ooh, I love that weather? It's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful in July in Happy Valley. <laughs> He's no longer going to Happy Valley, by the way, if anybody yeah. kept up with that recruitment. Got a little chilly up there. Oh. Stunned. <laughs> Stunned. Stunned. All right, here's a good one for you, um, Austin Price. West Tennessee Mike, uh, what what was the selling point, or was the selling point for the 2023 defensive class just playing time? If so, um, that is the reason. Is that why Tennessee brought in so many more uh, portal defensive players? Portal defensive players. You if so, is that why Tennessee hasn't brought in any more portal defensive players? Sorry, I obviously um, can't read. Well, I, honestly, I, again, I, I know the fans see it a certain way. Why would you know he's a former four-star? But, like, that's not how Tennessee views it. Like, Tennessee's looking at it going, okay, this guy was highly ranked coming out of high school. He's got three tackles for loss and, and 12 total tackles, you know, in 24 games. He's not done anything. So, like, it doesn't matter what he was ranked in high school. Like, the fans got to get past the previous ranking. Like, the form, he's, to me, like the platinum star, you know, when they have no stars when they're, when they're transferring. Because, you know, the past doesn't matter. And so, I don't think Tennessee's really been in love with a lot of defensive guys. They've liked a few defensive linemen that have went in the portal. But then they've never really went hard after anybody on the defensive side because they're just not in love. They want if they're going to make a move, they want difference makers, not just bodies. And I think they've seen just a lot of just average bodies. iHeart Balls wants to know after seeing Brew Carter's top five, I'm curious on theories as to why Ohio State and Oregon recruit so well nationally. It's obvious. It's obviously not the weather, uh, and that that they are pipelines to the NFL. I just don't necessarily get it, Brent Hubs. Well, I, I think Ohio State's a consistent playoff team. Right, yeah. top four every year. That they are, they are a pipeline to the NFL. They've had a gazillion receivers drafted in the last couple of years. Uh, they're putting a lot of people in the NFL. They're a very popular school for for kids growing up. You know, they 
you know, that they like the colors when they're younger. They like the, the talent that comes through there. Um, so, I mean, I think Ohio State naturally makes a lot of people's early top fives before they ever visit or even dive into it because of their success. In terms of Oregon, Oregon's been a cool school since Chip Kelly was there, and they started wearing 784 different uniform combinations. It's a Nike school. Kids love Nike. Um, you know, they've got all the uniform stuff. It's kind of it seems like a cool place. Then you get a lot of kids that go out there, Austin and it's too far, or the culture's not what they're looking for, or just kind of the area's not like home. And a lot of kids, you know, some kids in the South aren't comfortable there. Uh, but they're going to make everybody's early list because they're kind of a hip school with all the Nike stuff and all the different uniform things. Yeah, before they take a trip, they have to have 74 connections to get to Eugene, Oregon. <laughs> and, 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 that's, and, that's, and that's true. I don't know how many players I've talked to, they're like, I can't wait to get to Oregon. Hey, what do you think? Man, there's just, I mean, it took, I mean, we had to connect here and connect there and connect everywhere. And, and they just didn't like it. They didn't like getting to and from, um, which is why you don't see a ton of, I mean, like I, they get a few kids from the South. I get it. Right. I mean, you know, Jordan James, where's Jordan James going to go? Once Georgia wouldn't take him, he had to go to somewhere like an Oregon or a Texas A&M. He was never going to be able to stay somewhat local. Um, you know, and he had a nice freshman year out there. Like he, he got a few touchdowns, got several key carries for Oregon. But like, they're never going to be. It's just like the whole Dion phenomenon. I get it. Dion's cool, man. Dion's got the swag. He's coming. All that non stuff, uh, nonsense. But at the end of the day, he can only really sign a handful of kids from this area. And how many of those kids, his mom and dad, are going to let them go to Colorado? Because I'm going to tell you right now, most moms and dads. The ones that are involved or want their baby close to home aren't signing up for Boulder. They're just not. Like the ones that, that don't have a lot of parental influence, those are the kids that Dion can land. The ones that do have parental influence are probably just not signing up for the, the, the trips to Boulder or Eugene. Yeah, and I think that's why you have to be careful with early list, you know, in, in terms of getting, you know, too caught up in where's it where's the guy going. And that top five is going to change a million times. I go back to to Josh McNeil, and he didn't have a top five, but he was from Collins, Mississippi, and he was about USC, 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 and he flew out there, and he landed in LAX, and he got off the plane, they put him in a car on the road. I remember him telling this story. The road had seven or eight lanes, and there were cars everywhere, and he's like, I'm from Collins, Mississippi. What in the world am I doing out here? This is not for me, and he ends up at Tennessee, and so sometimes you have some kids, they fall in love with that when they go see it, and you have other kids who they go look at it, and it's not the thing. Brew McCoy is the reverse of that. How many kids, Austin, have we talked to? Eric, jump in here, too, as well. What were your impressions of Knoxville? Well, I mean, it was a real city. Yeah, well, most of it's going to be a cow pasture. Well, what you think cow it was? <laughs> right, exactly. So once you get to a place, it changes a lot of people's outlook on stuff. The early outlook is just kind of the your impressions from, you know, seeing them on TV, hearing people talk about them, colors, and that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, that happens more times than you think. Like when we're going over there and talking to these guys um, after their official visits and, hey, what'd you think of the city? What'd you think of the campus? Oh, man, I mean, they're, they're, you know, there's things to do here. Well, yeah, Knoxville's not small. <laughs> I mean, there's running water. There's not outhouses. It's a pretty con It's a pretty neat concept in Knoxville. There, there's, <laughs> there's, there's not a cow on every corner. You know, there's, there's not cornfields on every corner. Um, it, it catches some guys off guard sometimes for sure. All right. Last one, Austin Price, this is a good one, or really both of you guys can answer this one, but uh, this comes from DC Vols 25. What are the relationships between Heupel and the Tennessee high school coaches 
uh, compared to some of the previous coaches? Is Heupel as well-received as Fulmer used to be? I think that he's very well-received. I think Jeremy Pruitt was well-received. Um, Butch, eh, Dooley, uh, no. Uh, you know, Lane, eh, not as much. But, like, you know, I think that, that, that Coach Heupel has done a nice job of building relationships with coaches in the state, calling. They send letters to them. They, they, they do little things. And, and that is also aided by the fact that Scott Altizer is back on staff. Scott very much understands the new the inner workings of the state. And I think he helps Coach Heupel cultivate relationships because a lot of those high school coaches know Scott Altizer because he's been around for a long time. And if Scott says, hey, this guy's got it, then the coaches buy in. Hype does a good job of continuing to build it. And, and you know, there you go. Well, and I would throw in this too, Austin. I mean, it's not just high school coaches in the state of Tennessee or in the state of Georgia or the state of North Carolina. There's a lot of people in influence in, in all those states. Scott Altizer knows who those people of influence are. That, you, that, that Josh Heupel needs to know in, in different regions of, of the state of Tennessee. They've worked those relationships in addition to the high school uh, coaches' relationships out there. It's been a priority. I think the results of that, you saw this this year, Eric, Tennessee went out and got the top two players in the state of Tennessee. And, um, you know, they beat out good teams to get those top players in the state of Tennessee. I mean, they beat out Alabama head-to-head in a heated battle the last week before signing day. And, and then, obviously, they, they did a really good job recruiting the entire Herring family the last two years. Brilliant decision to take Elijah Herring two years ago right, or a year and a half ago, whatever the dates now are. I mean, that was a great decision. It helped you recruit Caleb Herring, no question. And you've got a good player in Elijah Herring. That was a good eval and a good decision, Austin, to jump into that one early, be one of the first to offer, get that done before that one got wild and wooly on you. That helped you in the state of Tennessee for this year. Helped it tremendously. And, uh, you know, again, understanding, you know, the people in the state, understanding what makes them tick, and understanding, too, at the end of the day, if you show the proper amount of love, most moms and dads and kids don't want to go out of state. Some of them do, but not all. All right, good stuff here today for the Ballquest Mailbag Podcast. Went through a bunch of y'all's questions. Appreciate you for sending it in. If we didn't get to your question, do apologize. You can go ahead and blame it on me. But really good questions this week, and we'll be back at it again next week to answer all of your questions. But first, before then, Tennessee Clemson, number seven versus number number six versus number seven. It's the highest non-playoff ranking Orange Bowl of all time. That is coming up tomorrow, 8 o'clock Eastern time. It's going to be on ESPN. But, of course, we're going to have complete coverage of allquest.com, written coverage leading up to the game, in-game live coverage with that thread. Uh, we'll have post-game coverage, videos, two-minute drills, podcasts, everything you want, everything you possibly need for the Orange Bowl We've got it covered here at VolQuest.com, and you can get that a subscription for only $10 until kickoff 2023. $10 until kickoff 2023. That's at VolQuest.com. As always, thank you so much for watching, listening, and supporting VolQuest.com and VolQuest on YouTube. Please like this video, uh, hit the thumbs up, and subscribe to the channel. For Brent Hubs, Austin Price, I am Eric Kane. Appreciate you guys as always. We'll see you Friday in Miami if you're coming to the game. But until then, enjoy the rest of your Thursday, everybody. You've been listening to the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast every week right here on VolQuest.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.